Welcome to Laugh It Up Fuzzball. I am Joe the Wookie Riot. Welcome to the podcast where we talk about life, the universe, and everything, but mostly geek stuff. A place where we get to let our geek flag fly and talk about all things geek. As I've said before, this isn't an amalgamation of geek news or a comprehensive guide to all genres or the world of geekdom. Hopefully it's just a fun place to cover some geek news, comics, The Simpsons, Star Wars, and whatever randomness finds its way on the recording. But let us get started. Well, hey, hey, friends, welcome to another level of Laugh at a Fuzzball. I think it's level 323. And uh, yeah, Fuzzball, just uh, knows uh, just us doing a solo catch up of new stuff. Uh, the, the standard every every you know other like two to three weeks we do this. And uh, we're just going to kick right into it with the Triple F, the Fantabulous Fuzzball's Focus, where I call all the news from the over 700 member strong Laugh It Up Fuzzball's Facebook group, plug, 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 and talk about the different things for however long I deem the talking is appropriate. And we'll start off Darian. <laughs> Usually it's me or Danny being the first uh, chronological news, but uh, Darian, way to go. He's been chiming in with more and more news, and I appreciate that. Thanks so much, buddy. Uh, but his first news thing was that Margot Robbie's Pirates of the Caribbean film is apparently no longer a thing. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't, frankly know what this really means. Does that mean with Johnny Depp being cleared that they'll continue on with Captain Jack uh, Sparrow stories, or maybe they they didn't like uh, whatever it was that with the with the female led pirate film? But it, it's sort of a bummer. I think uh, it could be cool, but maybe they'll they'll find another actress. Maybe it was an issue with the production company. We really don't know. Uh, we just know that the the word is out that uh, that is not happening. We'll just have to see what Disney has planned for Pirates in the future. Uh, he also posted, uh, and also just credit to Joseph, the other Joseph, for posting this as well. But just rest in peace for Jason David Frank. Passed away a couple weeks ago, age 49. Um, an actor, an MMA fighter, but most commonly known for his portrayals of the Green and White Ranger on Power Rangers and many iterations of that show. And of course, uh, we we recorded the the theme song episode came out last week, but it was recorded before that, and that was actually recorded prior to the passing of uh, Jason David Frank. But when I was throwing in the the Power Rangers music in the in the episode, I was just like, man, not only is that a bop, but just a bummer. I remember my cousins were much more into the Power Rangers than I was. I was in junior high at the time. But I would come home and they would want to watch it and I would definitely watch it with them. And because I was oldest, they would always let me be who they thought was the coolest ranger. And at, at one point that was a green ranger and then at another point that was a white ranger. And uh, I do remember watching the entire stuff folding down when the green ranger popped up with his flute knife and all that. So uh, I'm well aware of at least the earlier iterations of what Jason David Frank brought to that that show. But it's sad. Uh, by all accounts, uh, anything I've ever seen, one of the comic book stores that I used to frequent very often would have him come regularly as as a guest and sign and meet fans. And that he was generous and kind. And uh, I've, I saw a bunch of friends on Facebook with nothing but positive memories of their interaction with him. And it's just a shame that apparently he was struggling with his own demons. You know, people put forward a, a public face, but there's often a much darker side on the private side and that's that's just a shame 49 is way too young taking your life is so sad and uh all i'll say is if you're if you're struggling you're going through that stuff there's so many resources there's friends and family that care and just hopefully you know any life lost is one life too many but um if that's just a, a wake-up call to 
reach out to the people that you love that you care about or uh you know you could donate to to suicide awareness charities and and whatnot but uh really really sad and it's a bummer and obviously on the on the fuzzball community there were a lot of people where it hit really really hard you know what i mean it uh it's hard when you're older and you watch pieces of your childhood die this is definitely a piece of a lot of people's childhoods um darian also posted a really really nice memorial video uh that's worth checking out there's lots of great stuff that's coming lots of people impacted putting out positive things into the world uh with the sad news of this actor's passing but uh, uh alas yeah, this sort of thing does happen, and it's always sad when it does. But uh just want to say, you know, go, go Power Rangers. Thanks, Jason, David, Frank, for what you brought. I know you brought uh, my cousins and, and vis-a-vis me a lot of joy uh, with just a, a silly show uh, ripping off Voltron, but, but doing it in a fun way. So uh, hopefully uh, you see in the afterlife what a, what an impact, a positive impact you had on the world, and hopefully that makes a difference. Next, uh, my beautiful Heather. Hey, I love it whenever the my better half, the best of wives and best of women, posts something up on Laugh It Up Fuzzballs, and she it was just funny, a really great joke image of, of a, a gift for Vader from Obi Wan, and it's a lava lamp. Yes, it, it was great and, and sweet, and uh, thanks for sharing, my love. Very very nice. Next up is uh, news from me. Uh, I posted a few things. Uh, Peacock is uh, doing a Friday the 13th prequel series from Brian Fuller and A24. It's going to be called Crystal Lake. Uh, ostensibly, I guess it would have to be about Jason's mother uh, and the cruel treatment of Jason by the, the Crystal Lake campers and staff, which sounds like some real fun, not, not heavy at all affair. Uh, and we'll probably have some version of teen sex, although in our current world, not as uh, not as understandable and allowable as it was like back in the 80s. Uh, but, you know, Fuller, Brian Fuller is the writer, the executive producer, the showrunner. A24, of course, is a studio that puts out a lot of really, really good horror. And uh, it's really cool. Problem is, it's on Peacock. And uh, that is the one streamer. There's a couple streamers, but it's one of the few streamers I don't pay for. And I pay for enough. And I'm not investing in Peacock has, has not given me a reason to uh, to shell out those precious ducats. I already shell out enough. And honestly, lately, I've been looking at the different streamers like, what could I jettison? Haven't decided on anything yet, but uh, you know, uh, nobody wants. We've all said the streamers eventually was just going to become as expensive as having cable, and uh, the the days are coming where it does feel that way. But if uh, you're really really into the Friday the Thirteenth, I was always more of a Freddy guy myself. But if that's really really your jam, and you're really really interested to see what Brian Fuller and A24 will bring for a Friday the Thirteenth prequel, and you want to see this Crystal Lake guess you're gonna have to at least get a free trial of of a peacock when the show's completely out or what i did post a happy life day pork drawing that has gone on since the last uh, news episode and i hope everybody had a good life day november 17th i myself had such an interesting one because i was a star war for life day i was on the planet batu or at least a facsimile of me uh putting people onto missions for hondo onaka through onaka transport solutions and it was very interesting uh, celebrating life day and talking about it with people and, and being in universe and it was really really cool uh, of course that means that the holiday special is even older uh, which makes none of us young uh, although the, the holiday special is older than me so at least there's that <laughs> i always get to be younger than when life day first entered and if you're wondering why people are like crazy in the life day to, to give like a short synopsis, yes, it comes from the holiday special from, from Han trying to get Chewie home to visit his family in time for Life Day. 
yes, it's mentioned in the the Lego holiday special. But basically, the the long and short is, you know, the Wookiees were enslaved, and when they were freed, uh, Life Day being a big important special, you know, for them, for joy and harmony and family, celebrating compassion and all those good things. The galaxy as a whole united, you know, with the the plight of the Wookiees and their and their freedom. You know, Life Day became much bigger around the galaxy, and that is why even on planets such as Batu. Uh, it is a big holiday, and on Batu, it is the biggest of holidays. It's it's really really great. Uh, it's uh, it's fun. There's celebrations. Uh, I didn't get to be there for the night festivities, but there's lots of people, you know, dressed appropriately, celebrated. And no, I don't just mean holding blue orbs and wearing red robes. Although you could do some of that too. They sold the red robes this year on the planet. Uh, I definitely got an ornament finally. I meant to get last year's ornament. I missed out on it, so I got this year's ornament. Got a really sweet hoodie which has uh, Chewie in his red robes and Luke and Leia and Han and 3PO and R2. Um, really, really nice hoodie. It's really, really warm. I've been enjoying wearing that. And then uh, also uh, got a really cool mug, which I could ostensibly buy a red robe and hold cosplayed as Chewbacca and do my own life day thing for people if I was so inclined. But I did post uh, a pork drawing literally at my work. We had arts and crafts. We had coloring where we were able to... To color porgs and uh i figured i did that had it took a picture shared it hopefully enjoyed it a porg with a, a turkey tail that <laughs> looked like a, a porgs given if you will but uh hopefully everybody had a good happy life day had time with family and all that good stuff and the last little thing uh that i posted news wise uh i guess there's a couple things uh star wars squadrons that video game apparently was free uh until thursday 3 december i'm recording this or Thursday, 3 December, it's it's Saturday, 3 December, so I'm not sure. It was free for like a week or so, um, and I, I made sure I wanted to, people to get the opportunity, so hopefully at least one or two fuzzballs got the chance to download that for free. Basically, you downloaded it, they didn't charge you, and then, of course, when the price goes back to whatever it is, 40 bucks, it's still yours. Uh, it's in your library, so I, I really hope somebody saw, took advantage. And the last little, the news item before we get to some trailers uh, was Bambi, The Reckoning, from Rice Freak Waterfield. And you're like, who's that? It's the same name between the blood and honey, uh, which is, is coming out through Fathom Events for people to see. There's rumors of a sequel. There's a, a Peter Pan Neverland Nightmare movie. And uh, this guy, Rice Freak Waterfield, is all about the public domain, and especially the stuff that were Disney movies, apparently. And uh, yeah, we're, we're, I joked about, you know, Bambi was in the public domain and could it be next? <laughs> well, it's not a joke. It's reality. And uh, we shall see if it is a movie about Bambi getting revenge on the hunter that killed his mother. Uh, and <laughs> I have no idea. It's just wild and weird, but uh, it's coming, friends. Uh, whether whether you're ready or not, whether you like it or not, it is coming. Bambi will have his reckoning. He will. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh dear indeed. Oh wow. That's a uh, beware the public domain. But uh, I guess that just takes us to the next part. It's still news from me, but bringing us on to the trailer park. And, and we talk about trailers here on the podcast, but once upon a time, uh, we sort of, it wasn't, I guess, an official segment, but come on down to trailer park. We'll see all these here trailers. And uh, I guess there haven't been enough trailers altogether. They've been split up, so I haven't had the wherewithal or the the mind to say that we were entering the trailer park. But for today, we are. We're going right on into the trailer park with two for me and several from Marshall Danny. And the very first one for me 
Uh, there were a whole bunch of trailers that dropped all on the same day. Danny posted most of them, but they did, he didn't post the one. Although uh, my my buddy, uh, the hand behind Skipper Chuck, Brian, he uh, he mentioned it. Cocaine Bear. Holy hell! This is a movie I've known about. I've heard inklings about. I've heard people talk about. But we're finally, finally getting the Cocaine Bear movie. And uh, even crazier, although if you watch the trailer, I'm I'm sure everything that we were gonna see go down is not not a uh, stuff that actually happened. But it is loosely based on something that actually happened in the real world. A, a freaking bear that got into cocaine that was dropped. Uh, when uh, a drug dealer's gone awry, something something along those lines. But uh, not just not just a comedy farce or just something silly. It's actually a a movie with with decent actors and uh, and a, a high out of its mind bear uh, and mauling and scariness and and insanity and and bear acrobatics and February twenty fourth. I, uh, I so desperately I'm gonna want to see this movie. It just is all sorts of bonkers, and uh, and it's coming our way. And wow, what an interesting world we live in that uh, we're getting a movie, a cocaine bear movie, loosely based on on real events of a, a bear that got high on uh, on someone else's supply. I do not know why, but I'm endlessly fascinated by by this idea in the trailer. I was just like, you, know, you hear they're gonna make a movie based off a, a bear on cocaine, and you're like. Sure they will. We'll see. It's a, an idea so nutty. Only Hollywood can make it come to fruition. But uh, hey, February is not far away at all. We're in December of 2022. <laughs> it's coming February 24th, 2023. <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, I can't wait to see this bear wreck shop. Um, oh, I just oh, I don't want to see a bear die. I just thought about that. So uh, hopefully, hopefully it ends up well for the bear. Hopefully it just ends up joining the circus and uh, going to rehab or something. But we shall see. Other trailer for me is the Last of Us trailer, and I just posted this today. Uh, it came from CCXP, the Comic Con Expo in Brazil, but uh, the trailer looks good, really, really good. I actually sort of dug that it was all uh, subtitled in in Portuguese. Um, it really does feel like this is set right up for anyone bemoaning that The Walking Dead is over. I got some serious vibes from that, and then uh, also vibes from the criminally under talked about why the Last Man. I love me some dystopia. Did an entire episode with my buddy Dan, the library man. We need to, Dan, if you're listening, we need to, we need to figure out some time and get back and talk some more dystopia. Uh, but I also love zombies, and I'm gonna be catching this come January 15th. And and full admission, I have not played the video game one bit. I know about the clickers just from offhand uh, mentions from people or people talking about the the previous tease. Uh, it does not hurt that Pedro Pascal is the main man on this. And uh, I, I, it just looks really, and you know, I also got some Resident Evil vibes just from uh, the one reveal that's in the trailer, but looks cool. And uh, I am, I'm curious to watch this show on Hibbo Max come January 15th. The next trailers come all the way from Marshall Danny, and this, this next round of news on the Fantabulous Fuzzball Focus is all from Marshall Danny of the Greater Fuzzball Territories. But uh, while it's not completely in order because I put his trailers up at the top to, to link up to mine, he posted uh, normal stuff as well, uh, more than most people because he is a semi-official news mofo. But his first trailer, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Wow. Suburbia, anthropomorphic animal aliens, scenes that tease heartbreak and, and love, a banger of a background song, the, all the colorfulness you expect from James Gunn, cosmic weirdness, the high evolutionary, a meat planet, a meat setting, brute group, 
a brief glimpse of Adam Warlock, space screaming, I am Groot. And the translation of that is I'm so excited to laugh and cry and see who dies on May 5th of next year. Wow. Ooh, I'm excited. <laughs> really, really excited. And the next trailer that I am excited for, I don't know if I'm as excited for Guardians of the Galaxy, but I'm pretty, pretty cautiously stoked for this. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny got a trailer. No longer do we have to call it Indy 5. We can call it Indiana Jones and the D of D, the D and D, the Dial of Destiny. Sala returning Indy. Uh, both both as a classic adventure archaeologist Indiana Jones and Professor Jones. Uh, although I, I still there's this you know when you go to uh, to Disneyland and Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye they actually show a uh, snapshot of the the college yearbook with a uh, with Doctor Jones, but it does show that he has a master's degree and <laughs> that that doesn't make him a doctor. Uh, but maybe he got his PhD later, and that was an old thing. And I used to always tell people, like, he's not a doctor. You don't call him Dr. Jones. You call him Master Indy. <laughs> but uh, uh, professor and, like, everything that entails there for, for all of his studies with archaeology. Uh, there's some great dialogue, humor, classic New York City, action, action, action. A mother, a horse, a horse, you know, <laughs> uh, a horse, an Indiana horse, and subways, and, oh, it, it it really there was there was a couple moments where I was like oh that that reminds me of a uh, the Michael Bay of it all you know what I mean there's that very specific action uh, but it has that classic serial adventure that you come to love from the Indiana Jones franchise uh, and it does look like James Mangold uh, got the assignment and uh, if I if I had one critique it's just I don't like the title I think Dial of Destiny is a really not great. Uh, Title. It took exactly 47 minutes for me thinking of the the dial soap uh, for my buddy uh, Kyle to uh, to drop uh, a, a picture of a bar of soap. It's <laughs> a <to> dial. <laughs> well, maybe it's gonna wash our mouths clean of the bad taste from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And uh, you know, Eddie, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, but if you do and you're listening right now, my good skipper buddy, me and you need to talk some Mindy. And I need to remember after I record this to just uh drop you a private message. I really want to get you on to talk all about indie since you are indie hack guy. And I think a conversation is there to be had before this movie comes out. June 30th comes out. Dial of Destiny. I think I, think I saw Dial of Destiny. I think I mentioned it on my social media. Uh, Dial of Destiny. It was most excellent when Bill and Ted were dialing to go back to the past or the future or the present. Uh, that that was definitely dialing for, for their destiny. That's just a bad title. Hopefully, though, that's the only bad thing about it. Hopefully, it's just a great, fun movie. Uh, and, it, you know, Nazis, bad guy Nazis, and Indy, and Sala, and, and archaeology. We shall see. I don't know anything about the rumors of time travel. I, didn't, I haven't even dived in the mud on any of that. But, uh, hey, we're going to get it. The next trailer from Danny, Transformers Rise of the Beast trailer. <laughs> Transformers, we get to see beasts. In a trailer and ostensibly a movie, uh, something awakening, something robotic and transformational awakening in a world that also transformed. <laughs> it's good dialogue at the beginning. Classic first gen Autobots, Maximals, Terracons, Predabots. Uh, it's a prequel set between the Bumblebee movie and Michael Bay's first uh, director Stephen Capel Jr. cited Terminator 2 as an inspiration for this film set in the 90s, which, if it does well enough, will be the first in a trilogy 
coming June 9th. So lots of busyness. You get Guardians, and then you get that, and then you get Indiana Jones. And and I just want to call it Indy 5, to be honest with you. Uh, but Transformers, the, the, the trailer looks great. Uh, it's really, really interesting. Ever since I heard that they were going to do, you know, basically Beast Wars, I was like, wow, that could be really, really cool. And, uh, yes, it is just a trailer, but, uh, really, really fun. All of these trailers actually came out, uh, while I was on, I don't know if I was on lunch break or just a regular break on Batu. uh, but one of my buddies was talking about Guardians of the Galaxy and, like, Super Mario Brothers, and I mentioned Cocaine Bear, but I was like, yeah, they also dropped the Transformers. He's like, what? And he started watching it, actually, it was, like, two minutes late coming back from my break. Because I watched it with them and we were like, oh, that looks good. And, you know, I'm a I'm a sucker for these Transformer movies. The second I saw they were going to take that cartoon and put it into CGI live action. And uh, not all the movies have been great. But I always enjoy seeing the Autobots and the Decepticons. It's definitely that slice from my childhood. Uh, and toys that I really, really enjoyed. Although I didn't have too many of them because we, we uh, didn't make that much money. But the ones I did, I loved the hell out of. And uh, at one point when I went to New York... The Beast Wars ones were the ones that were out, so I definitely... I got some Insecticons, too, which weren't in the trailer, but yeah, really, really cool. Enjoy it very, very much. And then uh, a couple more trailers from Danny. The next one is the Super Mario Bros. trailer. I know someone's probably going to be really mad at me for this, but hot dog, I think this trailer makes this movie look great. Uh, I, I watched it, and I was like, I am so taking my boys to see this next year on April 7th, like 100%. We're going to sit in the theater, shove popcorn into our mouth, and enjoy the heck out of this, the whole family. We're going to take the shiny guy. We're going to take Tyranno. We're going to take the missus. It's going to take me. We're going to see it. But, I, I mean, I was I was hook, line, and seeker right from Donkey Kong showing up. Let's go. And then all the cool imagery. I dig uh, what seems to be the direction for Princess Peach. There were a couple scenes, like, right out of the game, which was curious. That's a, that's a neat way, the way they did it, to put that in the movie. I mean, the raccoon costume for Mario. Let's be real. Mother truck and Mario Kart on a rainbow bridge, followed by one Wahoo. Like, ah, they knew exactly what they were doing, and they cut one hell of a trailer. Does that mean it's going to be one hell of a movie? No, because there's some really, really good trailers, followed by some bunk movies. Uh, but... I didn't run up against the wall with uh, with old boy's voice for Mario and the fact that uh, he's doing his voice but classic lines. I think that's, Do I think it'd be cooler if they took the original voice actor that's still alive and let him do it? Yes, absolutely, 100%. Uh, although that is an Italian stereotype and, you know, in the in the current day and age, there's, there's questions. There'd be people pissed off about the Italian stereotype. So, you know, maybe, maybe it's better to have Star-Lord just doing some let's-a-goes and wahoos uh, in his own style. Maybe we'll have to watch the movie and see, but all the voices are a little bit different. Uh, and I, I like that they leaned into that. You know, I think uh, Jack Black playing Bowser, uh, and you can hear Jack Black's voice in there, but he's also doing something different. Although I think if I hear it enough, I'll be like, he did that voice on Tenacious D all the time. And it's probably true that <laughs> that's not bad. I very, very much enjoy, uh, enjoy Tenacious D, uh, the voice of Luigi different too, but you know, uh, Italians come in all shapes and sizes and sound all sorts of different. So We'll see. Everything I saw has me interested in the movie. I'm sure we'll get another trailer before it comes out, and I'll probably like it just as much. And then the last trailer from Danny, the Mean One trailer. He also posted uh, the horror parody poster for the Mean One. Of course, this is a horror parody of The Grinch. But, um, wow. Uh, the things that are in the public domain that they can now make into horror movies uh, is interesting. And, uh, you know, with the guy doing Blood and Honey and Peter Pan and then now with Bambi, everybody was like, oh, yeah, these ones. I think uh, the fact that the Grinch could be turned into one of these completely slipped under the radar. 
and surprise people. And in 100%, the villain does look not just like any Grinch, uh, specifically like uh, uh, Ron Howard's uh, The Grinch Just Stole Christmas and uh, Cindy Lou Who and, and, and violence and, and revenge, a reckoning. Cindy Lou Who, the reckoning. <laughs> uh, they didn't do the Who makeup, it looks like, on the, on the You Know Who Vills or whatever they're calling. They, they cleverly took all of the, the names and just changed it to something for this movie. But, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I did not actually look up when uh, the mean one's coming out. And I don't know if it's another situation like... Uh, like Blood and Honey, where we'll have to wait for uh, some sort of Fathom event for it even to be available. Um, but yeah, it uh, they're they're doing it. It's coming out this year, in, just in time for Christmas on December 9th. Uh, and I'm, I'm, it's a Sleight of Hand Productions. Um, it's being released in the U.S. by Atlas Film Distribution, so it'll be available to watch somewhere somehow. There's a theater for this. You'll have to find a theater for this. Watch the Grinch kill and then be killed. You will enjoy this Christmas. So December 9th, the mean one, if that's your bag. Uh, this really sounds like a movie right on my buddy Corey, uh, the firstborn son's uh, alley. So hopefully he sees it and has an opinion on it. So if you're listening, Corey, there's an assignment for you, bud. Uh, but cool deal. Lots lots of trailers here in the trailer park. Yeah, yeah. You know, you will. Uh, you want a, a bear sniffing cocaine? It's right there for you. You want to watch uh, some dystopian, maybe zombie, Resident Evil type stuff with uh, Pedro Pascal? Right there. You want some Gardens of Gaston Volume 3? Yep. Coming your way, Indiana Jones, and a bad title? Yeah. <laughs> it's a, hopefully it's just a bad title and not a second bad movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Transformers, we get some beasts rising in the Transformer world and doing things and... Mario Bros, Mario Mario, and Luigi Mario just doing the thing, and then the Grinch all Grinchy, doing the horror bloody, bloody thing, yeah, right here in the trailer park for you, <laughs> uh, I, it's hard to say what I'm most excited for, of all that, it's probably Guardians, uh, followed closely by Cocaine Bear, but all of these movies are, are on my list of things I want to see, uh, and uh, lots of good stuff to enjoy from December to going into next year, 2023. But then we get to some news from Danny, Marshall Danny. Uh, Neil Gaiman says that Sandman haters aren't real fans. Uh, before you're like, oh, bye-bye, I'm a real fan, bye, I don't like it. Well, most people I know actually really, really enjoy the Sandman. Very, very excited that we got that confirmation of a second season. But the long and short of Neil Gaiman's point is that people who critique the work often don't know anything about the source material uh, they they're just critiquing for critiquing's sake, and that's never a good thing. You should you should have like you don't have to be an expert or anything. This is not to gatekeep like Sand Sandman or anything, but you should at least know that there's gay characters in the comics. So when they show up in the show, it's not not something new. Uh, you should know things like the Endless don't have to look any specific way that they can look how the person imagining in them looks. You know what I mean? So you can do different things with the Endless uh, and. Yeah, that's all to say, like, before you really start hating on something, A, realize that even really nice British men like Neil Gaiman will come at you. Uh, and also just, uh, you know, sometimes there's there's some truth in that if you don't have anything nice to say. Don't say anything at all. It's not a song. Just me breaking into song. I don't know why I'm feeling musical because it's not even that late. It's afternoon time. The baby's napping. But, um, yeah. 
just singing and giving news. Uh, Danielle's post says Sony has partnered with Prime Video and MGM Plus for a slate of Spider-Man spinoff series starting with Silk, Spider Society. Uh, Angela Kang from The Walking Dead is the showrunner for this. And uh, Cindy Moon, uh, bitten by the same spider as Peter. And then, uh, well, some really horrible, tragic stuff. But um, another version of Spider-Man, and uh, it could be... Really, really interesting. I, I don't, it's really hard because I enjoy very much that the the MCU is like one like cohesive unit. And then there is this outlier of the Spider-Man stuff in Sony uh, that, you know, they played nice or Spider-Man 1 through 3. Maybe they're going to be playing nice in the future for other stuff. But then they have, they have the two Venom movies and the Morbius movie and then a, a Craven movie coming out and a Madam Web movie and then now Silk and I just I don't know at one point it has to has to just become a multiverse now the good news is Marvel's totally like hooked up the multiverse they've even shown that Venom is not in the you know the Marvel Universe Prime he's actually in a different one they did it you know and Venom did it in his movie and then they did it in their movie uh, so it's it's right there to be to be reached into if they want to or just be like oh, none of that matters uh, until you know, they decide to do their own version of Crisis before D- DC Film gets to do it properly. We'll see, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm curious. Uh, you know, Prime Video, lots of money, uh, and uh, Sony, lots of money. So, and of course, uh, Prime Video wanting wanting very much to have IP that people are, are drawn to watching. Although they don't, they don't need people to watch Prime Video for that to be profitable because most of the people that get Prime. It's because they have an Amazon Prime subscription for their their fast shipping. You know what I mean for the stuff that they buy and their discounts and everything. So I don't know the economics of how that all works, but I do know if Spidey you really love him, you could get some good content. And I think having Silk as the as the first go out is cool. It's interesting. I dig it. Uh, I dig it even more than them doing Miles Morales. Although I very very seriously want Miles Morales, but then I I feel bad about it because I want Miles Morales in the MCU proper. And not in some universe that we don't have to pay attention to if we don't want to. So, there you go. Uh, Daniels posted Gamera Rebirth animated on Netflix in 2023. He posted it for Blue, as he should have. Uh, Gamera is totally Blue's thing. And uh, Blue seems <laughs> excited. Uh, they've done three like animated Godzilla movies, which uh, I'd have to ask Blue if he liked any of them. Um but, I mean, they must have gotten the sort of numbers where they're going to continue going with the MonsterVerse and this animated stuff. And getting Gamera, the giant kaiju turtle, uh, in on the action doesn't sound like a bad idea. Gamera was definitely a kaiju that I thought was cool when I was a kid. And uh, I don't know if I'll have the time to watch this as I haven't watched any of those Godzilla movies. But, uh, yeah, I think it's cool. And I'm excited. And uh, let's go. <laughs> Danielle's posted Escape from New York. Is getting a reboot from uh, Radio Silence. Radio Silence is a directing team. It's not a not a production company, although it probably is a production company of some sort. I don't I don't pose myself in any way, shape, or form as a Hollywood expert, but it is the same directing team behind 2022 Scream. I didn't see the movie. Uh, I know I actually heard some good things, some meh things, but um, yeah, uh, Escape from New York, classic, classic movie. Escape from L.A even much more cheesy but also fun with, with disneyland a disneyland climactic battle and uh and surfing in an aqueduct but um you know it, it could be cool i think there's a way to do escape from new york and do a reboot and have it be like darker and more realistic and really enjoyable you know what i mean which won't make that john carpenter flick i think it's john carpenter for the first one 
Um, but we'll make, make that movie not exist. It just all be a new entry into uh, into all this. And uh, like I think Danny said he was cautiously optimistic. And I I also am cautiously optimistic, I guess. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, it is John Carpenter. I had to look it up. But I'm glad that I knew that. But, um, you know, it's It's hard. You know, you want everything to be good, but uh, the the long odds tell you that not everything can be great. In fact, uh, some stuff will be good and some stuff will just be. Uh, and then, uh, yeah. Uh, so, cool. Escape from New York. Exciting news for all of us. Or some of us. Or at least for, for, for radio silence. <laughs> They'll be making some money. The next news item from Senor Marshall Danny is uh, there was just a first look at Indiana Jones from Empire Magazine, including a poster. Now I've got a trailer. So, uh, yeah, you uh, you can see all the looks at Indy. Lots of looks. The next thing is uh, 11 Missouri school districts have banned 300 books and graphic novels. This includes some Batman titles, Watchmen, The Walking Dead. It's a big list. It's based off a of bill uh, in Missouri making uh, providing children books with sexual conduct a class a offense which is a really really high offense uh somehow the list once again bans the complete mouse which uh, i'm just like wow like I, in some ways i i get but you you know you ban these graphic novels and all you get is like people in a tizzy trying to find a way to get these available getting comic creators finding ways to make things available you know, it's it's a slippery slope when you're when you're trying to ban any sort of books, and um, I don't think that the the law is wrong. You know what I mean? You shouldn't be putting sexual sexual material into the hands of children. But then again, like where where do you draw the line? I I don't know. Uh, I don't know that you draw the line at Bat Batman. Maybe Watchmen's probably a little too serious for like being in any sort of school library. And I also want to know who these librarians are that are stocking these things for everybody. <laughs> you know what I mean? Libraries have changed. Although you can go to your local library, most likely, and find a whole bunch of graphic novels that you can check out for free. Save yourself a little cash and read some good content. So uh, take it take it at least uh, to, to know that you know you have a library available to, to bring you some cool stuff. So there you go. But man, uh, it's, it's a weird world that we live in. And not every state is the same. I'm from California, so you know what I mean? It's it's much different than some other states. Uh, and, and I'll just leave it at that. Danny also posted, oh, a trailer. A trailer I didn't include in the trailer park, y'all. A Doom Patrol Season 4 trailer. Yeah. We got a little more trailer park reaction. Tornado. It did what tornadoes do. It ripped through a trailer park. Then it jumped, and it found itself another trailer park right here for Doom Patrol Season 4. More time travel. Big villains. New costumes. December 8th. Uh, freaking fracking five, five days, five days from recording right now. I think this is probably going to go up on the fourth. So four days for you. If you listen right when the podcast came up, December 8th, Doom Patrol season four starts with two episodes. Oh yeah. Really, really excited. Cool news for all of us. I love the Doom Patrol. It's so wild and wonky and uh, I'm glad it exists. Uh, I, I can't wait for more from this team. It's so, it's so great. Uh, and uh, I just hope it continues on and on and on. <laughs> and it will at least to season four. Good news for us. Uh, James Gunn confirmed that the DC Universe is going to connect across film and TV and animation and time and space and everything. The DC Universe will ride supreme. <laughs> ah, James Gunn. Ah, wish him all the best. Me and Danny talked very much about it. Two episodes ago, 321, where we talked about, you know, Marvel Phase 4 and the future of uh, 
of the the DC universe. Uh, actually, I was thinking about the DC universe the other day, and when they first started their streaming service, it was DC universe, and it failed. Uh, now this isn't a new streamer, so it's it's not a really great analogy, but they're back to DC universe, and hopefully they do better this time. But you know, out of DC universe, we got shows like Titans, we got we got Doom Patrol. We got Stargirl. So, you know what I mean? It wasn't it wasn't all bad, friends. It was not. Um, and, you know, that did lead to the, the merging with the, with the Hibbo Max. So, there's there's been good stuff. Currently, Hibbo Max is actually up on the screen. I was full disclosure recording, and I thought my father-in-law was going to end up doing his bills in the other room. And it's his house, and his voice carries. He is a great, he has a much better broadcasting voice than I do. But I was like, oh, I guess I'll watch Titans while, while I do stuff. But then he took his chocolate Claire's, Claire's to his bedroom, and... Things got quieter. Yeah, my, my recording studio washed with playrooms and trampolines and, and bedrooms and all those things are actually <laughs> actually true. There's a slide even right over close to where I'm recording right now. I live, live in a world of play, friends. Uh, but yeah, oh, James Gunn. Wow. Just uh, like I said, there's a lot of Higgins boats headed towards that beach and DC Day is coming and uh, we wish him all the best and I'll see you on the beach. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we'll see. Uh, there's there's going to be more news. James Gunn is teasing all sorts of stuff, and apparently he's going to be um, showing his ideas, his plans, him and, and Walter Hamada. Not Walter Hamada. Uh, him and I can't think of the other guy's name. Walter Hamada fired. But uh, the, the, the guy doing all the business production side of the new DC Universe direction. And I wait in anticipation, and I wish him all the best because the rising tide raises all ships. Um, next news is Disney has partnered with Kodansha to make animated manga movies. Uh, I, I don't know anything about the manga that was in the article that Danny posted. Uh, you can check it out. If, if Kodansha is something that you're crazy into, this could be either good news or bad news. It does mean more animated content and, uh, they, you know, they've been really, really popular as one of the popular studios for the manga and, uh, the, what I still, even though it's not Japanimation is how I first learned of all this. Uh, but but seeing all the anime, uh, you know, it could be really really cool, uh, and maybe this this partnership does come from like other relationships like Star Wars Visions and whatnot. But hey, we're gonna get more. Uh, and the last little bit of news from Danny is that the Mandalorian season three has a release date, March first, twenty twenty three. So we don't have to speculate about early twenty twenty three or is it gonna be by summer, March first. So coming our way super duper soon, like three and a half months, friends. Or maybe three months because it's the the third of December, and I'm bad at the dates. But three, four months away, four months. Hey, excitement! It'll be here before we know it. It really, really will. Uh, my buddy Jason, really, really excited. Real cool friend that I met when I was a young crew skipper, and I've been. It's been my joy to stay friends with him. Posted a scene, a funeral scene from Soy Cuba, and he said for no reason. Uh, I hope people watched it. As I was like, hmm, I wonder what this Tyson watched it and was like, yeah, Soy Rebellion, indeed. This, you cannot watch this uh, without seeing that the reason it was posted had to do with uh, the finale of Andor. And if uh, you enjoyed the finale of Andor and are interested in things that uh, inspiration and homage, wow, it's uh, it's crazy and uh, it's it's very cool. And I think it's a, a loving connection to a to a different movie. So thanks for sharing that, Jason. I really appreciate it. Uh, and then Corey uh, just jumped on just to let everybody know that the Marvel Studios special presentation, the Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy Holiday Special, was worth a watch. And he's right. I've seen it twice now. 
and it's lovely. Uh, it's it's so good. In fact, that that with the one of the original songs written, the whole soundtrack's cool with lots of interesting Christmas gems that you wouldn't normally think of. Um, but uh, an original song written uh, by the old Fifty Sevens. I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. Uh, so so freaking good. And uh, I've been humming it, and it's on my iTunes. And it's it's a good world that we live in. And uh, holiday, holiday, holiday. Ho 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 ho. Earthlings are so weird. But that's everything in the Fantabulous Fuzzballs focus, so we'll just uh, switch over to some other news stuff that I had that uh, that I didn't post on the Laugh It Fuzzballs Facebook group, plug, plug, plug. And we'll start, as we do, with Let the Wookie Win, where we talk some Star Wars. Not a ton, um, but there was uh, some information. Star Wars number 20, the Star Wars comics are still going. Alas, I don't pull them, uh, but I still hear news, and at some point I'll, uh, I'll probably like get them on Comixology or uh, do the Marvel... Marvel Marvel thing uh, and catch up on a whole bunch of these but that issue introduced the living sea of Gazian or Gazian it's G-A-Z-I-A-N it's a planet rich in the force uh, which copies the consciousness of every Jedi that visits it and then there's a, a theory that you know maybe Rey tapped into this power explaining how she hears the voices of all the Jedi before defeating Palpatine because classically before Rise of Skywalker we understood um force ghosts you know uh obi-wan yoda uh and then of course you know anakin skywalker shows up at the at the end of uh at the end although in clone wars we learned that it's a whole grueling process to become a force ghost but maybe not so much and now everybody's showing up and maybe ahsoka's even still alive and like showing up so so who knows and somebody positing that this uh living sea of gazian is is the way you know maybe she's so powerful that she can tap into the living force through a planet to a planet, uh, and maybe, maybe that's how it is, or maybe, maybe it's just that we don't actually know how it is, and maybe we don't even need to worry about it. It just it happens if it happens. <laughs> but uh, I thought that was neat. I thought it was interesting to share. Uh, I did see a rumor. Uh, this comes from Jeff Schneider, who uh, I I became acquainted with this person through uh, the old days of uh, Collider and the Heroes broadcast. Uh, but I, I still follow podcasts by some of the people that I, I first met through those days. Uh, and Jeff Schneider, basically, he's a, he's a scooper. He uh, he does a lot of work to to find out you know things that are happening in Hollywood, especially with uh, with some of the really popular IPs that are out there. And uh, he he's heard rumor and dropped it that Disney is close to locking down a five year slate of Star Wars films starting in 2025, with apparently Damon Lindelof's film as the priority to be the first film that comes out. Uh, so hopefully this is true and in the near future, maybe even as a Christmas gift, maybe this December, maybe we'll have to wait as, as long as Star Wars Celebration next year. Uh, but yeah, news news coming about what, what Disney and Lucasfilm plan to do with Star Wars on the film side. We know that <laughs> there's tons and tons of, uh, of streaming television content coming our way with the Bad Batch and the Acolyte and more Visions and uh, Skeleton Crew and Mando Season 3 and the Ahsoka Show. That's, holy hell, that's a whole bunch of stuff. But uh, we fell in love with these Star Wars things through the films. And, uh, you know, if, if enough time goes by after The Last Jedi for people to be prepared to, like, re-enter the world and check out these films... You know, I, I like a good film. I like the I like the big budget. I like the way it can be that encapsulated story. And I, I look forward to uh, whatever these different creatives that are working on their movies bring to the world. And hopefully it's all good. But, you know, even even bad Star Wars is still Star Wars to me. So uh, 
I'm excited. I mentioned Star Wars The Acolyte. There's been a little bit of news that dropped for it. Uh, it's going to take place 100 years before the prequels. It's going to star Siths infiltrating the Jedi Order. There will be a Padawan reconnecting with their with their master. And uh, we'll see what that all entails. But uh, a story, uh, this all comes from Daphne Keene, who is set to star uh, next to Amanda Steinberg in the in the show. Uh, you know, something different told from the, the Sith's point of view. And that's that's interesting. You know what I mean? It hasn't been done before, and it could be really bold and cool, and we just will have to see. But like I said, there's not a lot of Star Wars, so we're just segueing over to Flavor of the Geek. This is all the other geeky flavors that are a fit to talk about, and there is a little bit of stuff to talk about. So CW's new owner, Nexstar, has basically confirmed the Arrowverse is over. We know that, but there's been more and more stuff coming out just saying. Uh, the one article I was reading is they, they canceled Whose Line Is It Anyways? You monsters! If you cancel that, you would cancel anything. <laughs> Especially because that show doesn't cost that much to do. And those superhero shows aren't exactly cheap. Uh, so, um, I mean, the good news, I guess, is that that bad-looking Gotham Knight show probably won't be an eyesore for anyone beyond its first season. Uh, but it's really bad news uh, with with good shows like Superman and Lois. Uh, us not knowing what's going to happen there. We're getting a third season, but is it going to be a truncated third season and then it's gone? Who knows? But hopefully, it could be saved by the likes of HBO Max. Uh, and it sucks for other people that like shows like Walker and All American and Kung Fu, and then that upcoming The Winchesters, which is I think a prequel for everybody that liked the the Supernatural show. I mean, all of this is completely unofficial. It's not an official press release, but the the long story short is the CW under Next Star is a change in, and it's a bummer because it marks a big change in superhero television, which I I think a, a lot of people may have taken granted uh, for the last ten years. Uh, it's just been an institution. It's been a part of our lives for an entire decade, having lots of superhero content. And yes, the D- Disney Plus given us lots of Marvel content uh, with James Gunn. That that bodes well for us getting more more DC stuff. But who knows if the DC stuff is all going to be like centered around one streamer? If it's going to be shopped around to Amazon and and Paramount Plus and God Peacock, which I still won't pay for. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the thing that finally gets me to pay for Peacock. Time will tell. Uh, but yeah, just a uh, just a bummer, and we we know most of the shows are over. I mean, The Flash is going to be starting this last season. Star Girl done, Batwoman done, uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Fuck them for the way they ended that show. Uh, I, I just want like a two hour like special just to wrap everything up, please and thank you. Come on, guys, I was so invested in it. You know, the other shows got to finish on their own terms. Why why did you do that to the Legends? Next star, make that be your last battle cry before killing their over. So. It's not happening, and I'll just have to lament it till I till I die of old age. Those been my last words. The legends were done wrong. My children are like, "What? I love you too, Dad." <laughs> uh, but other uh, indie five, you know, I talked about that trailer, but there was an article that I wrote up. They used de aging tech for an opening sequence for the show. Uh, Harrison Ford described it as spooky. Uh, it is a scene in a castle fighting Nazis, but uh, Harrison Ford thinks the tech works, although he he admits he feels he's earned his current age of a young 80 years old. <laughs> but yeah, June 30th, 2023, uh, in the trailer, you do get a small glimpse of what that de-aging looks like, and, and that small glimpse, it looked good. Uh, so we'll just have to see. Uh, is this the first movie that completely gets it right? Time will tell um other news avatar 2 uh, avatar the way of water needs to be the third or fourth highest grossing film ever 
to break even question mark <laughs> i mean i have seen a rumor that it's a 250 million budget and if it's 250 then they're spending at least that much for the marketing but this show's been marketed like like crazy so it has to, it has to to put it into context third or fourth highest grossing film like two billion dollar hairs uh, to break even, I don't, I don't even know. And I mean, these all come from comments from James Cameron, who did admit it was quote very fucking expensive. End quote. Uh, I don't, I mean, never bet against James Cameron, but I just don't know that the movie can make that much. We'll find out December sixteenth. Am I going to see it in theaters? I'm interested in seeing it theater. I want to see it on a big screen because it's going to be spectacle and all the special effects. Uh, but if I miss it. I don't know that I'm going to lament it because I, I per perfectly wait for it to be on Disney Plus and watch it. My TV's pretty big at home. Uh, and be like, oh, that was fun. Probably should have seen it in theater. Oh, well. Uh, but yeah, uh, the good news is, I guess, that they filmed you know parts of the third and fourth movie while they're filming this. So uh, maybe the next movies aren't quite nearly as expensive and they can just uh, figure it out as they go along. But hot <laughs> dog, that's, that just sucks. That's so freaking expensive. And it's just James Cameron. He wields some sort of uncanny power over the House of Mouse. Uh, I guess it's just they owe him so big for Pandora in Florida, Disney's Animal Kingdom. I don't, I don't know, uh, but wow, it's a lot of moon, money, a lot of money. Uh, one article I saw: apparently, Black Widow is the top search result in the United States, Canada, and most of Western Europe on uh, on Disney Plus. It's followed by Cruella and Raya: The Last Dragon. You know that's that's interesting that these movies that you know don't get a lot of a lot of heat don't get talked about beyond like when they came out. I mean, Cruella won some awards. Ryan the Last Dragon is a really great movie, but Black Widow uh, apparently like yeah like uh, it's still doing very well for itself even though it, it never hit theaters and went straight to Disney Plus. Like people are interested in it, and it's a good movie. It's a really really good movie, enjoyable, visceral. I like the story. I like uh, I like what Scar Joe brings to it. Uh, it's yeah, just cool. You know what I mean? Sometimes you don't see these things that, uh, you know, and the and definitely Marvel is is looking at that sort of information, and interested because, uh, you know, eyes and clicks do do sometimes drive these creative decisions, in this world of geek that we live in. Uh, David Harbor came out and said that the Thunderbolts movie, uh, which is going to end Phase Five of the MCU, which uh, is, is starting with the very next film. Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special finished Phase 4. So the very next film kicks off Phase 5, ends with Thunderbolts, and uh, he says that it's going to gonna end Phase 5 with a, quote, bomb drop moment, end quote. I just like see David Harbour out front, like being excited and talking about it. Of course, the reason he's talking about it is because he's in that Violent Night movie, which I really want to see. I want to see Die Hard and Santa kicking ass. Uh, but yeah. Uh, talking about Thunderbolts and, and being excited. And uh, I think I, I'm not alone. I know me and Marshall Danny are definitely together and being excited for living in a world where Thunderbolts movie is actually happening. Hot dog. Wow. I did see a rumor of White Tiger uh, being a character in Daredevil Born Again. I'm not going to talk much more about it other than that name popped up. And I was curious, like, which iteration are we going to see? Are we going to see the male or the female version? I would say probably the female version. Uh, based off everything, you know, the way directions go with characters, uh, but it's not it's not them turning a character into female uh, And it, it could be really really interesting. Of course, I think white tiger and I'm like just another version of black panther and I like it uh, But it, there's so much more to it than that. And you can look up in your search engine look up white tiger I believe the the character's name is Ava uh, I can't out the top of my head. I can't think of the 
the last name, but uh, gifted with an amulet that gives powers and the suit's really, really cool. Um, and yeah, uh, it's it totally is something worth worth checking out. Now, no, when you type in White Tiger, uh, you're gonna you're gonna get pictures of a beautiful animal. Make sure you add Marvel into your search engine so you actually get it. But Ava Ayala, uh, and it, it it could be interesting. And that's definitely a character that fits right into Hell's Kitchen and uh, and Daredevil. So cool. Uh, a recent report from The Wrap revealed that Universal still holds the rights to both Hulk and Namor, placing limitations on their use in the MCU. This basically means, although Namor was in Wakanda forever, which, full disclosure, as of this recording today, I have not seen. As of tomorrow, that probably will remedy it. I think me and Heather are going to see the movie tomorrow. Uh, but that's why you won't get a Namor movie. You only can get like rights where Namor is in something. Uh, the rap added that uh, a comment from Marvel Studios producer Nate Moore revealed that the character had to be borrowed for Black Panther Wakanda Forever, uh, basically just like the Hulk has been. Um, and yeah, like that, that just sort of, it's uh, when Marvel was going bankrupt, that's sort of what happened when they were, when the shopping things out and Universal does still own the rights to some characters. Although I have heard in 2025, that'll no longer be the case. Uh, for the Hulk, or is it 2023? Somewhere coming up in the future. And I think I actually talked about it here on the podcast and just promptly forgot anything I said. Like I listened to myself. <laughs> but yeah, maybe that's the case with uh, with Namor as well. Uh, but it seems like Universal collecting whatever check they get and allowing it to happen, and it's fine. And then just still milking, milking the Marvel characters in their in their theme park and making all the appropriate money off it. Uh, the Blade movie did gain a director and a writer. Jan Demange of Lovecraft Country, which I loved, and then scribe Michael Starbury, who uh, wrote When They See Us, is going to write the new script for a movie that is rumored to have a darker tone. Cool. You know, Blade hit some hiccups, had uh, had its director leave, uh, reports of um, Herschel Ali not being happy with the direction of it, so they, they hit the brakes, and now they found new people. They have the new date, and uh, it's all good news for us. And both the both this director and writer are really, really great choices for telling a story for an African American character, for a character of color. And um, I celebrate it, and I think it's wonderful, and it's good news. And let's go, let's get a rad Blade movie. If you didn't see in the news, uh, Quentin Tarantino, he's been he's been all up. Uh, having his day talking about Marvel. In fairness, he's been on podcasts and he's been asked questions and he said comments and then of course people jump on top of him. But he did say the MCU characters are the stars, uh, not the actors. He blames Marvel for the end of movie stardom or what he calls the Marvelization of Hollywood. Um, you know, there's there's probably a little bit of truth whereas you know studios aren't taking gigantic risks. But that's said in the same podcast where I talked about Cocaine Bear. Uh, and the mean one, you know what I mean? And granted, that's not big studio Hollywood, but still these movies are existing uh, right alongside these Marvel movies that a lot of us love. I do love the actor Simu Liu clapped back, uh, describing Tarantino and Scorsese as gatekeepers who would never allow an actor like him to headline a $400 million picture. I mean, he did describe both of them as transcendent auteurs, but prefers them not pointing their noses at him or anyone. I mean, he's right that Marvel's diversity and fan empowerment are important in the world today and he's also right to point out that the golden era of hollywood was white as hell uh <laughs> i uh, see Liu is uh, a joy i i enjoy 
enjoy him very much. And I also saw an article that was interesting with Samuel Leroy Jackson chiming in to refute like his boy Tarantino's comments, uh, point out that Chadwick Boseman is a star. The actors who became famous and more popular through their their marvelization portrayals are stars. And he's right. Uh, are, are the days of the, the true uh, Tom Cruise-level star, do they still exist? No, probably not. But I don't know that that's completely Marvel's fault. I think maybe that's run its course. Just like someday, all these superhero movies and superhero content, it will run its course. Hopefully, it's after I'm dead. But, uh, you know. <laughs> everything has its time and place. There was a time where Western was king. There was a time where musicals were king. Uh, and it just depends on how long how long it all goes down. Um, but, you know, Quentin Tarantino uh, being a gatekeeper, I, I mean, make your own movies, man, and stop talking about Marvel. You know, what the freaking book with a peekaboo? <laughs> but Tarantino also, like in the same interview... Uh, said that if he was going to do a Marvel movie, he'd want to do Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos. And I think yeah, I know he said that because he knows that you know Samuel Leroy Jackson is is Nick Fury and there's no way that Marvel could even make this. Or could they in a multiverse? Uh, he did say he would never do it because he's not a gun for hire. He's not looking for work. Cool. Good for you. But I'm glad that there are people that are, are looking for their big break and making good things that will come in and love this stuff and give us some enjoyable thing. And I'll, I'll just point out, you know, Tarantino at one time wanted to do a Luke Cage movie. Very, very bad. In fact, he had Lawrence Fishburne as his dream casting. And back when, you know, late 80s, early 90s, that would have made perfect sense. In fact, uh, Tarantino's come out and said that he was dissuaded from uh, trying to do the Luke Cage thing because everybody wanted him to cast Wesley Snipes. And that's uh, that's uh, <laughs> just really funny since uh, Wesley Snipes ended up being Blade. So <laughs> there were a lot of people that felt that that was right, and they weren't wrong. But uh, there you go, Tarantino talking and, and other actors. But I like Sam Jackson. What a what a mother-trucking hero because, uh, you know, he, he – some of his fame is attributable to roles that he's played for Tarantino, but he's right. Chadwick Boseman is a star and not just because he's dead. So take that as you will. Uh, I'm not the person that, that hears the words of Tarantino. Although whenever I see stuff from Tarantino, I think of my good friend, Sean, that my youngest son is named after and uh, him being like, yep, see right there, a genius, a genius with genius ideas. And okay, butthead, Sure. Got it. Good, good for you then. <laughs> uh, Chris Hemsworth has come out and said that he'd love another radical shift in tone for Thor uh, if he was going to do another Thor movie. He said he likes to do drastic things with the character that keep people on their toes. Uh, if the change happened, it would be for Hemsworth's sanity. And I, for one, just want more Thor, so I'd be down for a new director to take a crack at it. You got the the tone of the first two Thors, and you get the the Taika Waititi uh, Thors, which I love. And then I'd like to see an interesting new direction. I'd like to see Chris Hemsworth continuing to play the character. And uh, for that and that reason alone, yeah, sure. We'll we'll wait to see if this is also what Kevin Feige and, and Marvel Studios want to do. Uh, there's new Spider-Man. Across the Spider-Verse is going to have six different animation styles. Uh, Phil Lord, he of Lord and Miller, also says that work done on Mitchells vs. the Machines developed animation tools that have have been even furthered with this sequel uh, to argue, you know, the original was arguably one of the best superhero films animated to ever be done. It may, it may in fact, maybe just be one of the best superhero films to be ever done. Um, I guess uh, Lord, Lord, Phil Lord was saying that the style of the movie reflects the story with images driven by feeling, but it's also an egg-headed art project 
Um, and there, he talked about at least three of the worlds, uh, Gwen's Earth-65, Nueva York, and what they call Mumbatin, which is inspired by an Indian comic book look. And that's that's cool. I mean, in Into the Spider-Verse, you got the different animation styles of those characters being in Miles' universe. And only stands, stands to reason that if he's leaving his universe and going to others, that you're going to have the animation styles for the different worlds. And I think that's really, really freaking cool. And uh, I can't wait to to see see the the sequel like it's it was a bummer when you know the news came out that it was uh it was delayed and i I, i'm just yeah i uh i love i love this i mean that's another film coming out in 2023 and uh you know june 2nd so another thing in june to look forward to june june's just gonna be busy friendos uh but yeah uh really really good news and i i look forward to seeing another trailer uh that first teaser was great and uh, i enjoy this author and illustrator ken penders uh shares looks at john malkovich's vulture uh in the spider-man 4 that never was uh, not really completely his vulture but actual like where they made the wings and they look cool uh the rumor is it would have been a darker villain uh john malkovich as the vulture it's just so interesting to me but you know it didn't happen and that's okay because uh, we we did end up getting Sam Raimi doing another superhero film, and uh, which I really really enjoyed. And then we got more Spider Man, whether it be Amazing Spider Man or whether it be the the Tom Holland Spider Man stuff. And uh, there is a rumor of an actual Spider Man four from Sony, maybe in summer twenty twenty four. Uh, apparently July 12th is the date that people think Sony's looking at, which is two weeks before Thunderbolts, which finishes phase phase five, and then only two months after Captain America: New World Order. Well. Have to see, but um, looks like they're they're trying to get Watts back as a director, trying to lock in the actors, including Tom Holland and Zendaya, and um, yeah, who knows? I'm very curious for where Spider-Man would go from where it left off, and you can't go home again, or whatever it was called. <laughs> I enjoyed it very much, but no way home, no way home. There you go. It was in the brain. Uh, Jonathan Kasdan came out and said that he hopes for more Willow beyond the show that that he show ran the the follow-up uh, the current show on disney plus was apparently designed as a standalone in case uh that doesn't happen it was designed as a satisfying solitary adventure uh but yeah he does have plans for if uh if he gets a chance to do more and that's rad um dune the lady of caladine a new prequel novel in the dune series Apparently, it's the latest in a long line of Dune prequel and sequel novels from Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. I had no idea that lots more Dune books were being written. And uh, if you did, uh, you're getting another one uh, all about, you know, uh, uh, not Oscar Isaac's uh, baby baby mama. That's <laughs> wrong. All about uh, Aunt Terry's, whatever, Paul Atreides' mama. I don't know. More for 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 all that stuff. I don't I don't know enough about Dune to to say more about this and not look like a dum dum. So I'll just stop there. There's a new prequel novel. If it interests you, you're welcome. Uh, James Gunn did post an image from Kingdom Come with the words "quote making plans" end quote. Uh, Gunn has also teased Mr. Terrific and Lobo. Uh, I, I've talked about you know who knows what the future of DC holds under Gunn's creative leadership, but posting Kingdom Come. Yes, please. That'd be interesting. I have no idea how it works. I know I have no idea how it shapes a 10-year plan, but I know that I'd like to see it in live action. So let's go. Let's go. And also Mr. Terrific and Lobo. 
please and thank you. Uh, I saw an article about Disney's Haunted Mansion in Tokyo. Disneyland is getting an anime retheme. They're not changing the ride per se, but they're adding in some anime something or other. I honestly don't know what any of that means, uh, but I do know it fits very much into things that are popular in Japan. Uh, it makes sense uh, in the Haunted Mansion, you know what I mean? It's uh, A lot of people love it. I myself, it's my second favorite Disneyland attraction. I have a tattoo of it on my arm. Uh, but I think it's interesting, and if it's a, a way of adding something new while, while keeping the original stuff, cool. Why not? Uh, the Boys uh, 3 has a casting update. Simon Pegg will be back as Huey's dad. There's also Rosemary DeWitt, who's cast as Huey's mom. Uh, actor Rob Benedict and Elliot Knight have been added in undisclosed roles. Uh, they join actors Susan Hayward, who is Sister Sage, Valerie Curry, who is Firecracker, and Cameron Cravett, who is playing Ryan. Uh, Jeffrey D. Morgan was also previously announced in another undisclosed role. So, hey, more stuff. And there's you can actually look up. You can see what Sister Sage and Firecracker look like in the costumes. So cool. And I'm I'm interested in uh, more The Boys. Um, although I put three, and I think it's actually season four. So, uh, yeah, Boys season four casting update. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter, I don't even really want to talk about it. I didn't realize that it's the the very last news item, so you can look it up. Uh, Helena Bonham Carter has ideas about J.K. Rowling and Johnny Depp, and I didn't, I hate learning that somebody who I I think is talented and I enjoy in their movies just uh, has some backwards-ass ideas, and I'm not going to give it much more breath. I'm just going to say I don't agree with her. And uh, I wish she'd just shut her mouth. <laughs> there there you go. Uh, I won't silence her. Everybody's entitled to state their opinion. Uh, there may be a bit of truth to what she says, but uh, just it's so hurtful to so many people. And, and, and trans women are women, trans men are men, and non-binary people are themselves. And I'll just leave it at that. But that wraps up this level of the podcast. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. If you want to send an email like Jerry, Jerry sent me an email back. I need to respond to him. Laugh it up, fuzzball podcast at gmail.com. Uh, buy merchandise at tpublic.com slash user slash laugh dash hit dash up dash fuzzball. Uh, anchor.fm slash laugh dash hit dash up dash fuzzball is the home of the podcast. I thank them so much for, uh, for doing the things that keep this podcast free. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and hive at, at Wookie Riot. Um, laugh it up fuzzball is the Facebook group. Laugh It Up Fuzzballs, The Flamethrower, Laugh It Up Fuzzballs, the thank you for listening. Uh, But that wraps up this level of the podcast. Uh, What else to say but ho, 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 earthlings are so weird. I don't know what Christmas is, but Christmas time is here. I don't know what podcasting is, but the podcast, this level iteration is here. Uh, Thanks for being classy. Thanks for stopping by. Be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes, and TTFN, Wookie, out, so out, bye-bye, TTFN.